Hello listeners, it's Richard, show producer here. Today's episode features some awesome photos from the set of House of the Dragon, and if you want to see those pics or join us the next time we record, tune in every Wednesday at 2pm Pacific, 5pm Eastern, and 10pm British Summertime on the WinterIsComing.net Facebook and YouTube page. So, make sure you search WinterIsComing.net, all one word, on Facebook or YouTube, give us a follow, hit subscribe, and turn on notifications so you know when we go live, and you can drop in to chat with Dan, Mia, and the rest of our viewers. We hope to see you there. Hey DJ, hit me with that theme song. Hey everybody, welcome to Take the Black Live, the only show on the internet that cares enough to tell you about what's happening with Game of Thrones spin-off shows like House of the Dragon and other assorted fantasy sci-fi nerd products. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WinnersComing.net, here with Mia Johnson of DorksHideOfTheForce.com. And Mia, how excited are you that we're going to be talking about real live uh, actors dressed in uh, Renaissance Fair Targaryen bleach blonde wigs and fantasy clothes? Wow, I'll give it a 6.5 out of 10. That's it? Okay, (laughs) by the end, I'm going to get you up to a 9. No. Exactly. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Hey, Anna. Hey, Julie. Hey, Jacob. You're coming on a good day. Um, Because, as I just alluded to, and I'm just going to get right into it, um, there are... They have begun filming, they being HBO and Exploded Executives, have begun filming the Game of Thrones spin-off prequel series, House of the Dragon, set over a hundred years before the story we know, before the birth of Daenerys Targaryen or Jon Snow, when... The Targaryens at the height of their power, and Targaryen fought Targaryen in a brutal war known as the Dance of the Dragons. Dragons fought dragon. Brother fought brother. Uncle and niece got married, because that's this kind of story. And we finally have, like, actual shots of the actors in their costumes, and I'm excited to look at them and just kind of feel out, um, A, it's really happening, and B, what do we think? Because I do think... The visuals in particular are going to be very interesting for this show. And I have questions for, for you about that, Mia, and all of you. So without further ado, let's take a look. For, okay, I'll, I'll back up. First HBO, um, I got ahead of myself. First HBO released an official uh, image. They released this image of all the actors around a table reading the script for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then naturally, like three minutes later, the first leaks on Reddit came up. <laughs> But this photo <laughs> is interesting, too. I, I'm going to do from memory. I'm going to name every single person in this room. Oh, let's go. Who they're playing. At the bottom left is Eve Best playing Rhaenys Targaryen, dragon rider, wife of Corlys Valerian, not pictured in this scene. Uh, next to her is, I'm already failing, is an actor who is not identified. People think he's playing Laenor Valerian, who is the her, her son, Rhaenys Targaryen's son. Uh, married to another key character. Next to him is Fabian Frankel as Kristen Cole. We talked about him last week. He's the Kingsguard Knight who oh, kind of yeah. gets involved with Renera Targaryen and then has a falling out of some kind and fights against her in the war. Next to him is Olivia Cook as Alicent Hightower, the second wife of King Viserys and the mother of Aegon, who is fighting his half-sister for the mm-hmm. throne. Next to her, we have Patty Considine as King Viserys Targaryen, sort of the guy whose death 
kicks this whole shebang into motion. Then we have an intern. And then we have uh, Miguel <laughs> or a crew member. Then we have Miguel Sapochnik and Ryan Condal, who are the showrunners. Miguel okay. Sapochnik being the guy who directed like Battle of the Bastards and The Winds of Winter and Hard Home and some great Game of Thrones episodes. Then we have the one and only Matt Smith as uh, Damon Targaryen. Wait, he's in this picture? Yeah, he's like I'm fully to, like, on the right... It. Like right below the center on I the see right. Him. I mean, you like he's got a like, distinctive face. <laughs> I can see him. Yeah, yeah, that's him. And you like a red circle, like one of those clickbait uh, exactly. thumbnails. And don't worry, we have much better pictures of him coming up in a second. But yeah, he is Damon Targaryen, King Viserys's brother. I'm pretty sure younger brother. Yeah, and also a huge player. Then we have Emma Darcy. I don't know quite how to say her name, and I'm sorry about that. It's Emma and then D apostrophe yeah, A-R-C-Y. I'll just go with that. Emma Darcy, who is playing the very key role of Rhaenyra Targaryen, who was told she was going to be queen. Her father's the king. And then she gets contested by her no good half brother Aegon or her great half brother Aegon, depending on where you stand. that kind of story. And then finally, we have a mystery man. I don't know who that last guy is in the lower right hand corner. I don't know who he's playing. I don't know his name. I don't know what the deal is, but he's there and he could be, he might be Aegon because we have not um, had anybody cast as Aegon yet, even though that's a really important role. It's got to be somebody, hmm. but um, I'm not sure. Okay. Oh, I can't zoom and enhance his script. He's got some lines highlighted too. I can see it on his iPad. Oh, Rats. you'd best believe that the Twitter and Reddit folk have like zoomed in on the scripts and tried like there was one person who like found the passcode to get in on one of these things to like the the, no. the server where they share it this is just what happens this is what was like it was <laughs> like what game of thrones was on oh my goodness it begins so i mean i guess the first question and for you and for all of you are you ready for a show oh by the way lamont says it's just darcy ignore the apostrophe however everyone pronounces it Rhaenyra, not Rhaenyra. Did you say Rhaegar as John's father? These are good questions. Okay, thank you for the question on Darcy. Um, I honestly, I'll, I'll just, I'll wait for pronunciation to settle on Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra, whatever. We'll see how it goes. I'm just gonna say and see what happens. And as for the guy on the bottom, maybe Harwin Strong, who is Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra's uh lover and father of her children for real. Um, because the guy she marries, Lenor Valerian, who's in this picture, is a homosexual. It's a political marriage, so they like get mm. along, but they're not really in love or anything. Um, it's, so I guess my first question for you, man, for anybody out there, are you ready for another show with this many characters and this many names and this much backstory? Are you ready to learn a bunch of new people's names? Yeah, I'm honestly, I'm like, why not? I'm this kind of this photo got me pumped now that I'm I'm talk, thinking about it and you're talking about it. Um, and I think like at this rate, we are pretty much used to or if not, you kind of have to get used to having a large cast with, you know, a lot of backstory with a lot of history. As you guys were talking about, like Shadow and Bone last week, there's a lot of stuff to kind of get over with that. Um thinking about stuff like the walking dead there's always new characters uh -huh. a huge cast and so it really i mean it makes the show i won't say you know you can have a simple like two and a half man men sitcom with three characters and <laughs> you know I, I i like having this fullness these characters you can kind of 
grow up along well not grow up along with but watch along with see how they progress and it just makes it all the more interesting we've got a lively chat going on by the way <laughs> we do not bad as uh, anna says you're ready because it's my queen's family and uh queen says can't wait it's the point with got i agree um and i i also agree i mean i think that game of thrones kind of inspired this current wave of these like big shows with huge casts and complicated stories because it proved that people are willing to put in that effort. I think before that, like a kind of knee-jerk thing among executives was like, you can't have too many characters. No one will remember them all. Like, no <laughs> one wants to be that challenged. And Game of Thrones came right. along and said like, oh, we're going to have like literally dozens of people saying all kinds of crazy stuff. And people will follow it and enjoy mm-hmm. it if it's done very well. I do think there are shows that imitate it and they kind of like just throw in, like throw in complexity without much reason for it and that's kind of the trap but i mean it's difficult because you you need a lot of characters and they all have to be good characters and well cast well acted kind of well thought through and that's going to be the key to see if they can pull it off house the dragon i'm excited to see if they can okay enough talk let's take an up close look at matt smith and emma darcy in full Targaryen costuming and wigs as Daemon Targaryen and Rhaenyra Targaryen filming in Cornwall, England on a beach. Hit it. Okay, there they are. That is Matt Smith and Emma Darcy in their outfits. Mia, uh, reactions. Just like, what's, what's, what, what, what gut feeling arises? Oh, wow. I didn't, I saw you sent these to me, but I didn't get a chance to like look at. <laughs> it's so funny to me. I love Matt Smith. So it's kind of funny to like, this feels very Game of Thrones. I'm not going to lie. Like the braids, oh, you know, the Daenerys, the blonde hair. The outfits are very Game of Thrones as well. I never really took Game of Thrones as having their own distinct look. But now that I'm seeing it kind of like in a spinoff series, I'm like, no, that is very Game of Thrones. <laughs> It is, it, it's funny to me, though, to see him in this capacity. I'm really excited now. <laughs> I, I can't remember. I don't recall Matt Smith like it. Well, I mean, I, honestly, the crown is not completely unlike Game of Thrones. He was in that and he plays a prince consort. And there are kind of very low stakes power games being comparative can play to Game <laughs> yeah. of Thrones. But it does kind of work. I mean, you're right. The costumes just scream Game of Thrones. They are very opulent the rich colors i like the rich red in rhaenyra's outfit i like the kind of the shimmery black doublet matt smith has on daemon targaryen and just a little primer on these characters well i I wonder um i shouldn't do this to you but can you tell me anything about rhaenyra and (laughs) daemon or just pass if you don't want to yeah i will just pass i just know about the feuding what are they feuding you know the two women are feuding I still, wait, you have to tell me, though, who Matt Smith plays again, because I feel okay. like we had gone over who he could play, but I keep forgetting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, there's a lot of characters. It's, it's yeah. nothing to, yeah, it's fine. It's going to take a while. So, Emma is Rhaenyra. She is the daughter oh, yeah, of the okay. king. She is the heir. She is his heir. He said, you're my heir when she's a kid. Everyone swore it, and then eventually she has to fight her half-brother for it. Damon Targaryen is Matt Smith's character. He is the king's younger brother, so he's Rhaenyra's uncle. And he's not the king. Um, Some say he's ambitious and wants to be. Uh, He's kind of got, for Matt Smith, you can tell me if you think this fits him. He's sort of a passionate guy, Mm -hmm. uh, likes to war, likes women, 
uh, very hot-blooded, likes to fight, um, likes to be amorous with people who are both related to him and not. Kind of a wild card, but he does have a sense of honor buried kind of deep down in there, in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, That is his character. In this scene, I mean, I'm not sure what they're doing, although, of course, Reddit has kind of figured stuff out. It looks like they are on Driftmark, which is the house, kind of the seat of House Valerian, a very important thing to the story. We think they're at the wedding of, not sorry, the funeral of one of Rhaenyra's good friends, um, Lena wow. Valerian. Are, whoa, 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 you're pulling oh, all of this off based off of, like, No, there are other desert. shots I'm not including okay, here. I was going to say. There I'm are also say. shots of, like, a tomb and a casket and it's all happening. Okay, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Like, wow, you guys are really on it. What we think a situation is this. Everybody, everybody, don't tell anybody. That this shot is taken at a scene of this is what I believe. Lena Mm -hmm. Valerian's funeral. Lena was married to Damon Targaryen, Matt Smith. Mm -hmm. And she dies in childbirth um, as is a medieval thing. Um, Matt Smith, Damon Targaryen has twin girls with her, but she dies giving birth to their son who also dies um, in childbirth, stillborn. And Rhaenyra is really good friends with her. So this is like kind of them comforting each other. He just lost his wife. She just lost her buddy. This is before any of the war breaks out. Mm-hmm. Very likely. Or it could be completely wrong. I mean, this is just a reading that uh, could be incorrect. But I think that's what it is. And which is interesting because I- I've said before, this show is brutal. Like, this story is brutal. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say which one of these people dies. But a lot of folk die. It's more intense than Game of Thrones. And... They're going, it looks like they're going to take a season to just kind of, my guess is not much fighting, just kind of talking, establishing relationships, kind of letting them know who people are and having us sympathize with them. So when the stuff kind of goes hard, we're going to be into it more. What do you Mm. think of that strategy, Mia? Yeah, I would. It's like, I almost want to say, oh, well, I hope, you know, it's not too slow and, you know, maybe people fall off because it's. You know, they're really building up. But I think that could, you know, it could still make for an awesome, like, season one cliffhanger where, you know, we're on the the verge of this tension. Things are building up. And, again, like, the way they have these stories anyway, you know, there's usually a good narrative from start to finish just within one episode that I'm sure will keep people hooked either way. Um, So, yes, a slow build, I think, could still work. My prediction, you can mark it now, everybody, is that the first season will end with King Viserys dying mm-hmm. and the sort of secession crisis kicking into high gear. That's what I'm predicting. By the way, Julie, I um, I don't remember who the costume designer on the show is. I think I've learned it, but I forgot it. But um, I'm sure we'll see more from them as things go on. And Mia, I wanted one more question for you and for anybody out there. Okay, so... These folk both have kind of that trademark Targaryen bleach blonde um, yeah. hair, which became so iconic from Daenerys Targaryen in Game of Thrones. Do you, what do you think the prospect of a show full of characters who have this very distinct, almost otherworldly look? Because the show is about Targaryens. It's about her family when there's tons of them around. It's not just mm-hmm. her. She's the last one in Game of Thrones. But in this show, they're at their height. There's a lot of them. 
And a lot of folk are going to have this like really kind of look that she made iconic. Is it going to be yeah. too much or is this something that you can accept as they just look like that? Um, I could accept it. You see, I was already laughing at kind of <laughs> there's something about the platinum blonde hair. You know, it's like not everyone has platinum blonde hair like Daenerys and the other Targaryens. So it is kind of funny to see. Not like Daenerys copycats, but it might feel like that in a way, uh, so long as they're able to make it all special and unique. Um, I don't know. It doesn't like necessarily detract anything. I think just this kind of initial look at it, I'm like, oh, they all kind of have the same look going on, don't they? <laughs> and, I mean, and there are Targaryens who don't have that hair. Like, it's not every single person. But I am wondering, like, like just tons of characters who have yeah. this really distinct feature. It, it, it might, like, feel more fantasy, you know? Because it is sort of like an otherworldly physical feature Perhaps, you have on somebody that nobody yeah. has. But again, I mean, Game of Thrones is all about kind of mixing the fantastical with the down-to-earth and realistic. So that'll be the challenge for this this show to do that and still have, you know, the blonde-haired dragon riders at the center of everything. Mm. I mean, I am excited. Let's, and any other... What are like your final thoughts on this? Any others? Did I raise your excitement level at uh, all from a six? Or are you still at a six? Oh, yeah, I think now I'm at, let's give it like a seven and a half. I think that's a oh, nice right. half step. And then maybe when we see some more stuff. Um, but no, yeah, I, I definitely will be excited to see how this stuff progresses. And it's just like, wow, the way you all are already breaking down these scenes and stuff, I'm like, this is awesome. And I think it just shows still how passionate people are about the fandom as a whole. It's like no one went to sleep. The passion is still there. And the comments, <laughs> you know, are, are flooding our show. So. I'm excited to be excited with you all. I agree. I'm looking forward to it as well. And um, I was going to say, yeah, we will definitely be covering this. Game of Thrones fans were very, very resourceful back in the day when they found stuff, new stuff like this coming out. And I'm kind of glad that HBO is not going to. Um, I hope they don't do uh, like a lot of trickery. I always thought it was like useless when they're like, we're going to film fake scenes to throw you off. Like, look, we're going to find yeah. out no matter what, just show us what's happening. <laughs> yeah. As Anna says, it's getting real, Mia. And it is. It is. Um, before we move on from Game of Thrones stuff, and if any of you out there, let me know, like, how excited are you about House of the Dragon on a scale of 1 to 10? I'd love to know. Um, before we move on, there is some news about the Game of Thrones, other Game of Thrones prequels, because remember, House of the Dragon is one of several that are in development at HBO. The only one we know we're going to get for sure. Let's we can remember that. This <laughs> yeah. show was signed as a ordered to series, so they are making a whole season no matter what. Like it's this one's happening. Like they they can't not right, air it. Right, right. Um all the other shows are I, like we're not even sure they've like gotten out of like the development stage or anything or if they will. But there was a report a while back, and we reported on it, that James Hibbard, a uh, famous Game of Thrones reporter, said that they were making a, or developing, considering a Robert's Rebellion show. Yeah. So, you know, um, show about, basically, Daenerys and Jon Snow's parents battling each other for the throne, the battle that made her leave across the narrow sea and put Robert Baratheon on the throne. All right. It ended up that that report was actually about the play, the Tourney at Harrenhal play. Oh. So it is not a show. It is not happening. That was about the play all the time. So that's one spinoff down, which okay. only leaves us with House of the Dragon, Dunkin' Egg, uh, 
Nymeria, the the sea snake, Flea Bottom, the animated show. I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Wow. We're going to have to have it in memoriam. But that's (laughs) nice to know. At least we've got that update. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I mean, again, I've always been concerned that they're going to overexpose things. And I'm fine if they keep things, you know, choose, pick their battles and choose their targets and make good decisions. As yeah. Karen says, 10, 10, 10. I'm with it, Karen. Looking forward to see what's happening there. All right. And yeah, as Lamont says, it, it's also very possible that the animated show is also like one of the other ones, too, that we're mm-hmm. just getting reports. But uh, there's two different things, but they're, they're exactly really, really one. All right. Any other thoughts before we move on, Mia, on House of the Dragon, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones universe, the the splendid waterfall of things coming upon <laughs> us and happening that we'll remember for the rest of our lives? Oh, gosh. No, I think that's all I've got to say about Thrones. <laughs> all right. I'm looking forward to it all. And yeah, we will be yeah. covering it here. Like that covering it. Covering when it's coming. Looking forward to it a lot. Oh, my God. How exciting. Let's take a quick break. And um, why don't we just thank the sponsor of this video so we can just um, re- re- relax for a minute. You know, this podcast, Take the Black Live, is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Coco Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing that you are doing something good for your body. Earth Echo Foods starts with 100% organic cocoa beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining miraculous health benefits. Then it gets blended with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. For the last eight years, Earth Echo Foods has been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have several millions of customers worldwide. For up to 15% off, please visit eartheckofoods.com slash minute media and use the code minute 15 that's eartheckofoods.com slash minute media and use the code minute 15 i'll put it right here oh that was so satisfying i just want to kind of hold up my earth echo premium stainless steel frother they were so kind to give me and my bag of coco bliss superfood elixir blend can't that. wait to use it. Earth Echo Foods. It's yummy and healthy all at the same time. Ooh, I love Hold up, it. me. I'm just gonna take a glass. <laughs> I'm just gonna take a sip of water from my Earth Echo Foods mug, and I'm getting the next all stuff. Good. I'm looking at um, ah. Anna. You know what? Water tastes better <laughs> when it comes from an Earth Echo Foods mug. Anna and Christian. Yes. How do I not <laughs> try not to be Jimmy Fallon while you? You know how he's always like <laughs> cracking up in the middle of the what, sketches. Yeah. I would love that. That'd be great. <laughs> this is a, a read with integrity. We don't want to mess it up. So I shall just... As Christian says, you have the best expressions during these commercials. Yeah. It's the team act. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So a lot of Game, Game of Thrones, who's House of the Dragon news, very exciting stuff. But we're also... I mean, it'll be a while, 2022, before we see that in the flesh. Um, until then, we have other things to watch. For example, we both watched the finale of... The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mia, yeah. did this finale satisfy you, disappoint you, or somewhere in between? Yeah, I would say I was very, very satisfied. And there's spoilers, some big spoilers up ahead for yes. this conversation. I think everyone should know by now or, you know, 
Um, but yeah, I found oh, myself. T- <laughs> Everyone should know by now. <laughs> I know. Well, watching this, nobody has fifty plus. Yeah, okay, sorry, I've, go on. I found myself cheering through the whole thing. I mean, you know, elephant in the room, obviously, is that we got Sam Wilson as Captain America. He had his new right, suit. Complete I, with. Yeah, his wings, which was is interesting that a to me. Still from the show, or is that like a concept art piece? I cannot tell. Um, it looks like when he was on the bridge when he was saving those people. Cool. So it looks like a real a real image. Um, but yeah, it was a fun finale. Um, it kind of it gave me like Spider Man vibes, like Sam Raimi Spider Man vibes, where he's like whipping through New York City and that. people are cheering and yeah, Captain America. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is so cool. Um, and what was funny to me though, and I, I tweeted this out, I was like, after watching this, it seemed like beat by beat, every single twist and turn that this series was trying to paint like uh, Captain America, uh, Sam Wilson is Captain America, you know, US agent. Um, I thought there was something else too. But it had just seemed like everything that we... Oh, uh, Sharon Carter as the power broker. Everything that we were like, this is probably going to happen. It was like, yes, 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 yes. Whereas like WandaVision, we were like, oh, Mephisto and, you know, X-Men crossover <laughs> and Doctor Strange. And we're like, no, 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 no. Um, so I was like, I was wondering, I was like, is it bad that this show was more predictable than WandaVision? And I mean, I think not. It, it accomplished what it had to do. It Even if we knew what was coming, we... I think a lot of us still appreciated the story and the path that, you know, Sam and Bucky went on to grow. And um, overall, I, I had a good experience watching this. And I, I'm like, I'm now a little sad that it's over. I'm glad. Um, as Christian says, watching the evolution of Sam into Captain America role was more rewarding watching over six episodes than if he had just took the moniker at the end of Endgame. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. I like that they gave those two main characters arcs that I got into and I followed. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel, I mean, I shouldn't, but I, I do feel a little teased <laughs> by, you know, the Marvel game because I feel like they introduce really dynamic elements like U.S. agent whose name mm-hmm. is uh, the John Walker, John Walker. There yeah. we go. <laughs> um, who was turning into this like kind of dark, bloody goes too far Captain America fully mm-hmm. murdered a guy with his shield and apparently like just gets off and now was working with him at the end of this thing. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean, I didn't like that that he wasn't like part of the denouement, you know, that he wasn't like part of the thematic climax of this. There was some counterpoint. He just kind of worked with them ordinarily and then got set up for his own show or whatever was going to happen next, which of course he did. Because oh, yeah. um, there are always in Marvel these like little pieces they are sort of orbiting around the story that mm-hmm. are there for the story, but also there to fly off on their own and become shows onto themselves. Oh, yeah. And I don't like that they don't really tell you which is which, because in my final version of this story, like there's a John Walker confrontation and you say something through that final battle where here he was just sort of there and then he was just sort of ended. And after like that, such like a powerful, like a powerful part of the show, I thought he, there would be more from him. Mm-hmm. I did like a lot how the show dealt with um, the older super soldier, the older black super soldier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. kind of That was a nice kind of thematic bring it home moment. And I liked, at the end of the day, the show was called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I thought both those characters were well served by it. Exactly. But I don't like, 
I don't know. This is more of a problem just how the whole Marvel universe operates, where they're always setting up the next thing. I don't like being mm. led along like that very I much. Get it, yeah. But within the rules that they kind of have to, like the boxes they have to check and like the the needle they have to thread, I thought this was this was solid stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I did have like a couple of, you know, things here and there. I was extremely disappointed in uh, Torres's character, who was like prominently right, featured yeah, like yeah. in episode one and two. And then they really pushed him to the wayside. I thought like maybe he was going to get his own super suit or like something was going to develop out of that. And it kind of felt like the whole um, Quicksilver Ralph Boner thing. It's like, yeah, we're just going to throw him in there and... <laughs> You know, it, it, he's just there, okay? Don't think anything, <laughs> anything about it. Um, now, we might see him again in the future. I feel like, you know, oh, it's like, why not? I think we probably <laughs> why will. Why not? But I think there's a whiteboard somewhere at Marvel <laughs> Studios where they have, like, his character arc. He goes to this show and then that show and then over here and then twist around and do a loop-de-loop and do a flip and then, yeah. Yeah. Christian has a good, uh, of course, my laptop went, says, uh, my wife thinks Sharon Carter uh, and Falcon and Winter Soldier is a scroll to set up for a secret invasion. That's an interesting twist because I was going to say the Sharon Carter thing to me, her arc was also a little disappointing in ways that I can't quite pinpoint. Uh, maybe because I just brought her in and then she would just be doing stuff in the background. And It seemed kind know. of like a quick flip. Like she was a good yeah. guy and then just... I guess I'm bitter now. I'm evil and like yeah. wholeheartedly. There seemed to it seemed to be kind of that version of character development where they just are at a place, not because you got there, because they need them to be there, mm-hmm. and now they're here. Yeah, and at the same time with the um, or they're the, a scroll, in which case we get. <laughs> yeah. But like with the end credit scene, though, I was. I was kind of rolling my eyes with that because, yeah, you know, bit. she's going to be having this um, agency position either within the government or something adjacent to that. And now she's like, and now we can run it all. And, you know, we've got all the government secrets. And I was like, but didn't they do that with Hydra? I enjoyed that twist in um, in the Captain America sequel. Um, sure. but. It was also like, but we've done it already. So I'm just, I'm hoping when they, whatever they do with um, Agent Carter, they make it worthwhile so that it's just not a repeat of whatever they were doing before. I had like a vision of after she made that phone call, like, yeah, I'm ready to sell government secrets to the highest bit of the power broker back in power. She like put it down and say like, so Senator, where were we? We were talking about your appropriations committee. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. He's like, I heard you. Yeah, yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say overall, it was fun to see. Um, I think like we had said before, it was just fun to see them have an arc. Again, like WandaVision and like um, just WandaVision. It was it kind of helped me to appreciate these characters more because they have backstory now. They have families now. They have friends now, um, you know, who aren't just the main characters. Like, oh, yeah, my friend is Captain America. No, they have these this whole world um going on the and whole world yeah literally <laughs> and now you know we're gonna have a captain america 4 movie so that should be with um yeah. anthony mackie is, is sam wilson so i'm excited cool. i mean of course they're gonna continue his story i just for some reason never dawned on me like hey why don't they make a captain america 4 now it's like oh yeah they should do that now that he's in the league they got a new captain america yeah they can do it um as Producer Richard says, apparently Joaquin Falcon will be a part of a future Young Avengers show. Do you know that for sure, Richard, or are you just saying that? I don't know. I could see <laughs> it. Yeah, probably. People were saying that. 
Because they were saying that um, Isaiah Bradley's, um, I guess his grandson, they were like, oh, maybe he can be part of it too. Or maybe he's got, you know, some of the DNA from the super soldier serum um, to be whatever the kid is, the stars and stripes kid. I'm not, but he's kind of like Captain America too, but he's not. (laughs) So yeah, um, ending well, Loki is the next Marvel show on the horizon. Um, I mean, I'll keep watching and then I'll complain more when it comes around. (laughs) Um, no. Are you watching anything else, Mia? Because I have been. Um, what have I been watching? I actually, I've been saying this for weeks now, but I, I, I had to skip to um, the Clone Wars season seven because the Bat Batch is coming out next week for Star That's Wars true. Day, May fourth. Um, and there's such a big difference oh, yeah. between like the first, like beginning seasons and season seven is so much stronger. I was able to binge watch like four episodes in a night, and so I'm gonna taking me like three days to watch season seven, which is just 12 episodes. So I'm really enjoying that. They introduced the Bad Batch in season seven, the Clone Wars, which came out last year. Um, and we, I guess I can tease now, next week we're going to have um, one of our contributors, Chelsea Zukowski, come on the show. And she got to do an interview with um, some of the people behind the Bad Batch. And she's going to talk about it. She got screeners. I got screeners today for the Bad Batch as well. So I'm going to be mm-hmm. watching that this week. Um, but we are under embargo until next week. So <laughs> we're going to have cool. to remain zip on that. Okay. I want to mention three things. And by the way, anybody watching, let me know what you're watching and we can talk about it. Um, okay, I watched the Mortal Kombat movie over the weekend, and that was a dumb decision because it was pretty bad. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I mean, like, not not that I expected it to be good, but yeah, I, I mean, was debating it's, it's watching some, that. It's some very shallow characters with some interesting costumes, like in a very threadbare plot that kind of gets them to square off in some duels, and like that's it. And it was it really- okay duels, but. I was going to say, it just sounds like um, the Kong and Godzilla where it's like, eh, you're here for the fights, aren't you? So I was I was contemplating watching it this weekend, and then I, I kind of decided against it. I don't want it to be here for the fights. I was asked to watch by my partner, so we watched it together. And he was disappointed, too, by the way. Um, oh. I would rather not just be here for the fights. Like, why can't I be... You know, Christian's a good question. Was it bad good? Mm. I just... <clears throat> No, because no, it wasn't because to be bad good, it has to be, in my opinion, like so ambitious and kind of like going shooting for the stars and then it just is com- completely can't do it that like there's at least some juice there. This is like yeah. mediocre, whatever lame, which to me is way worse than bad good. I would rather watch like a camp classic. You, you tried your hardest and you failed miserably and fell on your face than yeah. this, which is like, ah, put the Sonya blade in there and put the Sub-Zero in there and have them fight each Well, they'd actually fight each other in the movie, but like, and you know, they, they gotta have the guy with the four arms and have him fight somebody. It just, it just, it just seemed like they were not, not a lot of passion for this project was oh, what, no. what, what was behind it. And Richard did not like the editing on the fight scenes. Too many cuts. Yikes. Too many cuts. You know what? we should watch though is if you want good fight scenes and a good story to go along with it is a show called warrior on hbo max oh, that's right. which is again i'm, I'm talking about it again because I'm, I'm still watching it mm-hmm. um about a chinese immigrant who comes to san francisco in the 1870s gets involved with tong wars chinese gang wars in chinatown and it's good story good characters and periodic breaks for martial arts fights and <laughs> they 
pull the camera back so you can like see them actually doing the moves and i think it was a lot more satisfying and i'm really enjoying it oh my god i got to this western episode where it was like just two kind of bottle episode people in like a like like a western place in utah and they're bandits and they just they developed so many characters which just like an hour of time i was so impressed and the acting is very strong and deeply felt and the writing is trying to take them somewhere oh it's so good you should watch it i want i want to talk about it okay okay and i have more i'm like half half of the first season um i I recommend it to everybody warrior i might put that on my watch list for this weekend as julie says i started watching shadow and bone only did two apps but can see why it's classified as teen i might go back julie i mean i didn't say it last week because we had the guest on yeah yeah i get it just something about that genre of like ya i mean even when it's really well done i think shadow Mm -hmm. and bone was well done ya it's like i'm still a grown adult like it's still not like really (laughs) speaking to me like the the the, the way i like someone like game of thrones that really is kind of aimed at adults is and that might sound elitist and maybe it is elitist but i think it's true i just i i didn't like shadow and bone was one of the things like i recognize that it's well done but it Mm -hmm. does not really move me like it's not really getting through that's fine but um if you like it you like it yeah go on yeah oh no i was gonna say yeah demographically you know usually the young adult is usually for like you know women or women my age kind of like amanda so you know yeah not everyone is gonna enjoy that type of stuff um as I had mentioned, I just seen so much Ben Barnes though over my timeline though. I was like, wow, this, <laughs> I was a little overwhelmed this weekend. <laughs> people, people love that Ben love, Barnes. Love I mean, ben and Barnes. God bless him. <laughs> um, it has Julie worried as to what to do with Wheel of Time. Hope it's, mm-hmm. it's coming looking the same. Wheel of Time is an interesting one, isn't it? Because that is, yeah, we'll we'll look at that when it comes out more. Because I wouldn't call that YA. It was I'm, I'm, like why it didn't really exist when it was written. It didn't really come around yet. It there is like a um a sort of a a different kind of almost like self censorship to it, and like w- we don't want to go too hard. I wonder if like anything other than full on Game of Thrones sex and violence will appease people now. I don't know. We'll see. And then still liking the Nevers. I'm still liking the Nevers too. I love how singular a point of view that show has i like the personality i like again like the 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 difference of it it, it feels like a handcrafted world built with a, a like a point of view to it and yeah. i like the the differences and the quirkiness and just like the the ear you have like the attention you have to pay to the dialogue in order to kind of get the little twists and pirouettes that they're doing with mm-hmm. w- with what they say and what they do i, I like it i'm liking the nevers like, i'm not sure if it'll catch on but i like it and britannia's coming back soon i still haven't watched that I, and i know you love it julie i'll put that time and finally i'm watching invincible which oh, is a yeah. series series and finale this week also really good um this animated superhero show i'm i am a sucker for every superhero show out there especially ones that aren't um by marvel and dc <laughs> and I, I i think this one is really good I think it's yes. it's definitely got some of that like ultra violent um, stuff. Yeah. It does like to indulge in that, but it backs it up with like characters it seems invested in a story that I am earnestly interested in seeing how it ends and um, quality voice work. Uh, cool. Christian, I, yeah, I, I think you'll like it. I like the finale is this Friday. I got the screener. I'm gonna watch it after this. I'm gonna enjoy it, and I think it's I think it's a really good show. Nice. All right. Wow. Huh. I'm talking. Did yeah. any of this interest you, Mia, in either Warrior, Invincible, um, 
the never shadow and bone. Yeah, I was the warrior one is kind of interesting to me because I'm gonna it's my uh, dad's birthday this weekend, so I was gonna Ooh. go over and um, you know my parents' house and it's like he likes Bruce Lee, he's an old you know Bruce Lee fan, so I was like, I wonder you know if I put this on if he'll like it. Um, but yeah, that I'm one sounds really too. cool. And Julie, um, Amazon streams Invincible. Amazon Prime Video. All right. Any other thoughts may you have about any of this before um, we wrap up? Gosh. Or anything? Oh. <laughs> I'm still fuming about I know Wide the Oscars open. were on Sunday. Still fuming <laughs> about the um what I'm assuming is the Chadwick Bozeman mix up. What a what a gaff, what a gaff, what a gaff. <laughs> I'm actually so okay, could you explain what happened to me? Because I had the Oscars like yeah. on in the background as I folded oh, laundry, yeah. but I didn't really pay close attention. Okay. So as we before you know, we're wrapping up, but so what happened was, as you know, with the Oscars, best pictures always save for last. It's, you know, that final culmination of everyone's mm-hmm. work. It's like, this is the best picture. After the in memoriam, they did it uh, best picture first, which everyone was like, What's going on? Did that they was announce a little best weird. actress and best actor? So they did in memoriam, best picture, best actress, and then best actor. And I'm fairly certain that the producers were banking on Chadwick Boseman winning. They're going to have like this huge finale at the end. Um, and that's, you know, that's going to be the show. And of course, what mm-hmm. ended up happening was because they don't know the results. Um, Anthony Hopkins ended up winning. Um, and you know, bless him. Like this is not nothing against him. Oh, yeah. Um, for he was the not, father, whatever he that is. He was not there. He's like at home in Wells, and they didn't want him to record a Zoom speech. So there was no speech. Joaquin Phoenix was like, okay, well, we'll accept this award on his behalf. <laughs> they cut to Questlove. Questlove is like, have a great night, everyone. And they rolled credits. <laughs> and it was like, oh, wow, what a train wreck. <laughs> um, so, yeah, lowest ratings in Oscars history big big train wreck and it's like oh man what a it's all going downhill unfortunately for them (laughs) (sighs) the oscars suck okay and with that um (laughs) we'll be back next week um with more discussion we stream live every wednesday at 4 p.m central standard time on the winners coming facebook page and the winners coming youtube page we're also available in podcast form google play apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are available um thank you for listening thank you for watching julie uh i don't know if you like invincible or not but yeah what what might not go ahead and try warrior i think might be a better fit for you but whatever do what you want um and we'll see all of you next week (laughs) have a great night (laughs) bye-bye this podcast is brought to you by fansighted join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between 